Hey y'all, you are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, Shagun Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and you're listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast episode 148 to be exact actually i think i've done closer to 170 maybe 75 175 episodes over the years it's just that i've had certain criteria that would count as an episode being one and now i'm just like man anytime i get on the mic it's an episode forget it so with that being said let's go ahead and get into our usual note of gratitude thank you for listening boo boo out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land you choose and limit your ears once a week for about an hour or so and i hella appreciate that so we are technically, let me see, today is the 3rd of February. It is one of my loved one's birthdays. I love him so much. Um, I've watched him literally go from unborn to grown man. And it's been such a, a beautiful journey to watch. So what day is it today? Let's see. I started on the 2nd. Let's see. That's 7, 14, 21, 28, 29, 30. This is 31, 32, 32 days of me doing the podcasting marathon. So I'm officially over um, all deadlines. So at first it was gonna, I was going to end on the 30th, then I was going to end on the 31st, and I was going to end at 30 days, then 31 days. I'm on day 32, so everything here is bonus time, all right? So I have a lot of ideas. So we're going to just, again, keep rocking until Spirit says to move otherwise. So if you missed episode 146 with two-time Emmy Award winner, Mario Armstrong. Definitely tap in. What you waiting on, boo? We're talking about how he was able to overcome through adversity, how sometimes we think that people succeed overnight. Mario's journey, if I remember correctly, it was about a six-year journey from literally hitting a rock bottom to getting some form of financial stability and success. So for those that think that success comes overnight, as well as those that are struggling with um, lack of resources, lack of finances, when it comes to being able to create freely and express what you want to express, I think that'd be a great episode for those that are in a rut, so to speak, so they can um, maybe draw upon the experience to apply in their own way to transmute and get out of that rut whenever they're ready to do so. And then episode 147 was part one of today's episode. Today will be part two, but part one of um, the seven types of cornball and how to deal with them. Now, if you missed part one, definitely tap in because we already talked about how to deal with them, but I wanted to bring up another set of cornballs so that we can recognize what a cornball is and how to operate around. Now, we already talked about that. I just wanted to bring up the different other archetypes of cornballs. You went over seven yesterday. So let me see. What do I have today? One, two, three, four, five. I have five more for y'all. So let's go ahead and get into this quick commercial break. And I'll be right back with part two. Attention, have you or a loved one come into close contact with a cornball? If so, you may have been exposed to cornball dust. Although cornball dust isn't generally a contagious, if you have been around this person for an extended period of time, you too might be dusty. So in order to learn how to combat this and mitigate your damages, please keep listening to the Spiritual Homegirl podcast as we discuss the different cornballs and how to protect and cleanse yourself of cornballs and the dust that they bring. All right, y'all, I don't even want to hold y'all. Let's go ahead and get into this next set of cornball behavior to look out for. The Cloud Chaser. 
The cloud chaser is the one that needs attention, attention starved. You can tell it's forced, it's contrived. They put their safety in danger. I already did an episode about the um, side effects of cloud chasing disease. I did that about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. And that's cornball behavior. And again, those are usually the ones that are breaking the rules, violating safety precautions in the name of filming, documentation, and ultimately attention. There was a person I saw on, I think they were doing it on TikTok, but I was made aware through Instagram. There was this white man who decided that um, to his, I guess a girl he was seeing was telling him that he was a type that looked like he'd be picked on in the streets. I guess the guy took offense to that. So he wants to prove if he could get picked on. Mind you, this is all documented on social media. He decides he wants to see if he can get picked on. So he decides to go to one of the most dangerous parts of town in Compton, California. And he wants to walk there between 8 and 12 p.m. at night to see if somebody would mess with him. He literally told the entire plan. He would put a $100 bill in his pocket. He would um, purposely go out in these dangerous neighborhoods to see if he would get picked on, all because a girl he was seeing told him he looked like he would get picked on the street. That's cornball behavior. Rather than just be secure in where you stand with your stature and how you present in whatever neighborhood, Going to the hood for hood tests and hood checks, regardless of the intention, it's corny. People in the hood literally have their own lives to worry about. They have their own set of circumstances. And here you go trying to take field trips in the hood to test your downness or test your toughness or test your approach. Like you just, I just, that's, that's, that's a safety issue. God forbid something would have happened and then that person would have been shot or stabbed or robbed or just caught up wrong place wrong time or purposely targeted for even pulling some stuff like that then what i think that type of stuff pulling stunts and documenting them especially with something as simple as a girl that you already got in the bag a girl that you already seen like you didn't have to prove that to her so it's like the ego will make you do some really corny things. And I know you tried to clean it up towards the end, but for me, it was already kind of like, no, you're a cornball. Don't clean it up now. It's okay. The dust is already around you and that's okay. You did it because your ego needed gratification because you needed to reassure yourself that you wasn't a, a, a dude that was easily intimidated. And to be honest, you can get intimidated anywhere. It doesn't matter the, the type of um, city you're in. And he just, and then, he, you know, he's going to the ghetto and all the other stuff. I was like, yo, you real corny, bro. You're like, that's super corny. Sometimes people are so corny to even address how corny they are makes you corny because they want that kind of attention. They like that shit. They live off of it. That's what I mean when I say the clout chaser is a cornball. And again, this is not race specific. This is not gender specific. It's just people that risk their lives to do that kind of stuff or people that just do outlandish things on purpose for attention, for social media. It's whack. And in this case, the most recent example I had was the white dude from two days ago. Now, if you listen to the episode about the effects of cloud chasing disease, you will see me list a few examples of people that are doing the absolute most. So I'm telling people, man, even that's a whole nother conversation. We'll talk about people um, commoditizing the hood, I guess, in another conversation. I think I know the perfect guest for that one because I've been wanting to interview her for a minute and I seen her a couple of days ago. So I think, no, a week ago. Yeah, about a week ago. And we need to go and have that happen. So y'all hear more about that sooner than later. So the next cornball, the one who you used to be with, but can't be with no more, aka the former boo or could have been boo. Now, what I mean is this is a person that y'all could have 
slept together, y'all could have dated, y'all could have done whatever, but for whatever reason, either y'all don't date or mess around no more or y'all never mess around. And the reason why I say it's cornball behavior is because although you've moved on and that possibility has ended or is no longer a possibility or that ship or relationship has sailed, that person is still stuck in the mode of thinking that you're available and you're open and willing, although you either um, you were at one point or you're no longer or you were turned off and you don't and you'll never cross that ship or that cross that brat, uh, path them anyway. So. So that's another archetype underneath the shoulda, couldas and the ain't never going to get in no more like. They're just weird because, like, they're ashy and dusty, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, the whole nine. And even if you may have messed with them when you was in your dusty stage of being ashy, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, like, you done got you some uh, some shea butter and you good. <laughs> Don't mind me. Don't mind me. I'm just cutting up. Um, what is the other one? The greedy needy. The greedy needy cornball is the one that'll never hit you up unless they need something. Now, now the, the shoulda, coulda, woulda, ex could apply here because they may only hit you up when they got, you know, a, a sexual need to fulfill. But for these people, they only hit you up when they need you to do something for them. They do not holler at you on any kind of consistent basis. It might be a year, might be two years, might be three years. And the only time they ever hit you up is because they need something from you and i think that's cornball behavior because it's obvious it's just like wow like these people like maybe it's maybe it's because i was i was raised in the south i don't know if it's the southern hospitality that's in me and the people do it in the south too so i'm not even saying it's particular type of people that do it in a particular part of the world but for me i was always like you know you check in on people if you care about them so if i've ever checked in on you it's because i care so for me, it's like for somebody to go year or years and all of a sudden just tap in and then have a request with that tap in. It's almost like a and for and it doesn't happen in every situation. Sometimes, you know, it's almost like, eh, OK, we left on good terms. It was cool on good terms. So sometimes you're going to have your exceptions. But for the majority of these requests, it's almost like, nah. I'm good. Like, you literally have not talked to me in a year. I don't know what your motives are. I don't even know who you are anymore at this point. It's been a year. Like I said, again, if you have a bond with somebody and time goes by and y'all still solid, that doesn't apply here. But it is corny when somebody that you don't even know like that or you are building some type of rapport with, it just all of a sudden interrupts and then they come back asking for favors. It doesn't work like that. At least not over here. So that's another... Um, cornball uh what was it did i say the social commentator well i don't know if i did it already but it's worth mentioning the social commentator is the person that is writing all of these well they're kind of sort of like the part one with the audacity um cornball behavior but they're the social commentator that just wants and honestly it could go for the the cloud chaser too they just say stuff just to say it like it's almost like they purposely want to troll people so they purposely say things knowing that they might not believe that, but they get a rise out of people on purpose and they think it's funny. Usually these folks like to manipulate people's emotions and cannot do it in person, so they do it virtually. Um, it's really interesting. Definitely cornball behavior. And um, the last one is the contrarian slash devil's advocate. They advocate for the devil so much it makes you think you're working for him. It's always a, well, actually... 
it's always a, well, what about this? Or they always want to put a little sprinkle of negativity or they always want to be an ass and be a smart ass when it comes to something you're saying. Not because they actually believe that again, like I said with the social commentator, but because they just want to be an asshole. So some people just want to be that way. Sometimes people just want to get under your skin. Sometimes people do not want to ask you questions to understand. Sometimes people want to ask questions to dismantle your thought process. They want you to feel stupid when they ask these questions. They want you to feel like you're dumb for thinking what you think so they do not ask for clarification they ask because there's some need for them to again get a power trip or a rise out of folks so they want to make sure that they do it on the backs of our emotional labor or our dialogue i had a cornball hit me uh, talk to me a week and a half ago um i had a, a bag that said protect black women he was a black man he gonna ask me how do you protect black women I'm thinking in my head, I don't know this man had a type of discussion. And I usually stray from having such thought-provoking discussions with strangers online and offline because I feel like certain things are so sensitive. I refuse to waste my energy with folks I don't know unless I vetted them out to one, have common sense, and two, have logic. And I know that sounds really messed up, but sometimes people do not want to hear you out. Sometimes folks want to argue. Sometimes people cannot handle sensitive topics now again doesn't mean i'm better than this person it just means that i mean at the time it was a busy day i had things to do i really did not have the opportunity or space to want to discuss this with a stranger especially a stranger i don't know but i thought it was a bit off-putting that this gentleman saw my bag and as a black man had to ask me how do i protect or how do we protect black women Especially in the middle of a pandemic, I'm in a rush. I'm not really into having social behavior anyway. So I just think the environment just was not favorable for that. And he just kept asking me. And at one point I had to tell him, you're a black man. Why are you asking me how to protect black women? Shouldn't you have an idea of how to protect black women? Now, I know only from my experience. I can also only speak to you for what my father and my stepfather and my granddaddy and my uncles and them and the men in my life have taught me what it means to protect the black woman. I can't tell you, I mean, I could tell you, but I don't want to have that conversation. So it's almost like, you know, I know the example of what I see in terms of what I would like black men to do in terms of protecting black women. But don't you have an idea of how black women should be protected? He said, yeah. And then proceeded to make it all about centering black men. And I was like, you know what? See, this is why I don't have conversations with everybody about sensitive topics because of stuff like that. Sometimes people will not necessarily, and this is what I mean when I say the contrarian and the devil's advocate, they don't listen to have real conversations. They listen to respond. They listen only to push an entire point that has nothing to do with what the original point is. So in this case, if the bag is protect black women, shout out to C store and uh Blake Van Putin because that's his brand. But if the if the point is about protecting black women, why does it turn into it was just a very weird and strangely divisive conversation that I just was not in the market to have. And I thought that was very cornballish because all that could have been avoided if he had just left me alone. Now, granted, I kept the conversation short, so it really wasn't too much of a waste of my time. But I was just like, damn, that's that was cornballish. That was really cornballish. Um, so yeah. 
So that is the one, two, three, four. That is part two with five more cornballs to look out for. You got to keep your mask on and watch for the dust. If you would like to holler at me, you can do so at Spiritual Homegirl on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want to follow me on Clubhouse, we have me and Tetris have a room on tomorrow called Authenticity 101. So definitely check the show notes for the link to that. That'll definitely be in the show notes. Um, I'm not sure what topic we're talking about when it comes to authenticity. Last week, we talked about code switching and code switching was a pretty good topic. I'm not sure if we're going to run a part two and talk about something different as authenticity is such a wide spectrum. But that's another um, clubhouse room y'all can jump in with with your girl. My name on there is Spirit Homegirl and my club room name is Make Peace with the Day. Also, if you'd like to support a black female creator, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash spiritual homegirl or just find me as spiritual homegirl on Patreon. We're still doing the Aquarius Sun Sign Challenge. Also, um, if you want some aromatherapy solutions, all orders, if you ordered between last Wednesday and now your order is going out today. So shout out to y'all. Thank you for ordering. I see y'all orders. You can definitely get your aromatherapy at spiritualhomegirl.shop. And is that everything? Yeah, I think that's everything. I have the notes to or the link to um, yesterday's part one episode, as well as Mario Armstrong's episode in the show notes too, in case you missed the episode from Monday and Tuesday. So, all right, y'all. With that being said, I guess I catch y'all later. It's been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria, and remember, trust the journey, trust yourself, and stay away from these cornballs. Okay, I didn't gave y'all twelve. I'm sure there was more on the way, but peep game. Peace. This episode has been produced by producer extraordinaire Jason Trichodemics Valerio.